You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Hi, Joe. Patty, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We're uh, making our way through the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne. Yeah, shout out to Days and Diffuse to get us in the car. Excuse the audio sounds, but we've just come... Hold off the press. Yeah, from a AI meetup. Yeah, we met up. We um, did meet up, didn't we? There weren't yeah. that many machines in the room. For no, the premise no, was, no. For machine learning, there was a lot of humans there. Yeah, so there, there's definitely an industry being built off the back of this. At least a bit of head scratching going on. But everyone was super excited. Uh, and I suppose this episode, we really wanted to drive home last episode let's acknowledge where we landed and that was what are we doing with all this free time so that's like the the top line of round Mm. here if we actually if the promise of ai is that we get a lot of our time back where does that land but i think before we get there the interesting thing is maybe we can continue the conversation that we've had in the car after jumping out of the hot pot that was yeah the meetup yes so um, where where to begin? I mean, what do we want to do? Do we want to unpack kind of like what we took from it? Like top line, kind of what what we took yeah, from it? Yeah, I reckon top line would be great. Um, yeah. Let's try and think of five collectively or five individually if we can get there. Sure, yeah. Um, so let's start you off, Joe. You're driving, Joe's behind the wheel, I'm yeah. behind the mic. No, 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 it's, um, it's good. So, I mean, I think the first thing I, I took out of it is that specificity and kind of of use case is going to be really really important in adding value the the technology itself is actually very um intuitive easy to use and is really there's kind of two or three different kind of i guess kind of um language models that sit behind all of these kind of um chat-based kind of ways to actually communicate that you know will become dominant or they'll fall away but the the idea that there's a language model and you're trying to add value to it by the contextuality of what you search i think is the one of the key takeaways that kind of it really i thought that going in but certainly kind of coming out of it i feel validated in thinking that what about yourself yeah i think that as well but i think one was big one was paywall like what that actually means but it all comes back to whoever's got the most unique data for the for the most for the query like it's gonna be they're the ones who are gonna produce long-lasting value with an ai overlap yeah yeah so unpack that a bit because i think that's really really important distinction so it's like everyone's gonna play with ai but everyone's just playing with like public data at the moment which is great but in terms of where you get real value here is having a machine go through a data set that's quite extensive um, and start to pull out interesting ideas. And that's with query. So mm. you're essentially interacting with that like you have before with search and you're starting to add an element of play with it. It's not going through and doing a laborious here, there and everywhere. Or you might have had a data entry person go in there and say, but you've started with the original query and gone, can you find all connections that land on X or all things that have a similarity with Y? And that person's gone away depending on how big the data set is and taken a long time to get there. But now you're getting that instantaneous. So whoever's got that curious mind and access to that data set is starting to understand uh, an area, understand a problem, um, start to develop solutions or start to develop products. That's where 
something super fascinating is going to come out of there. But what, what really stood out on top of that, so that's one that I felt confirmed with, that that's where value is going to come from, true value with the AI model. And then from that, I think, is the other one was tech is a fascinating world um, mm. and it is definitely still gated by knowledge keepers um, and there's going to be some interesting products built here that I don't know how long they'll last um, but a lot of people are going to have a go uh, which is good I think more people have a go the better it's distribution of information will come from that but yeah that was just a big eye opener for me yep no for sure and I think building out on the point that you're making around the data set is that so if you think about where um, you know it reminds me so much of like you know, I was sitting there kind of listening to everybody tonight and I was like, this reminds me so much of like when HTML actually first came out because what it became was actually a way to kind of be able to index, right? And search became exactly the same thing. It became an index layer that went over the top of it. But the genius of Google is not that they were able to index the world's information. It's actually that they were able to create ranking and actually get all of the information, right? And But we don't live in that world anymore. We don't live in a world where um, every public institution just put their knowledge up for free. I mean, Google built their business off the back of photographing the world, and now we have and kind of indexing, indexing the, world's, the world. in, world's information. And now we have Google, but Google's not going to give that up. So Google's not going to step in and kind of be like, oh, well, just take all of our information and use it as you, as you like. That's there'll be a certain amount of that but the the actual true information that's now held in the world in response to google is the part that i think is is missing and you're starting to unpack their pad is that there's not that's not going to come for free and but that's where the most interesting answers are actually going to going to be found and it's going to be found in the walls of these what you know traditionally would be called like a data lake so if you have consumer data so if you're a large conglomerate and you have purchase behavior and purchase data this type of thing becomes really really interesting but you're doing it already right you're out but you're not going to give that to the world because it's your competitive advantage and i hadn't really thought about that until we're sitting there and i was like oh right this is the same problem just over again which is that those who have the data are those who win (laughs) for sure but also there's an unlock i think Unlock in terms of the industry being built off that, and it's so true. Those who have the data win. Those who can collect the data win. There's some new new ones where we've spoken about this that it'll be like data DAOs or people getting together, like data yeah. co-ops is probably a better word these days. Yeah. But it's like people who, but like at the moment, yeah, the gatekeepers have an opportunity to build another kick-ass product off the back of what they've already collated. And yep. that's a wild concept. Like Shopify have done that. OpenAI have just released a product where you can do that and anyone can sort of approach and start thinking about that with their language model. So, yeah, that's it. That's where we see it. Um, and that's what's coming. Uh, look out for sort of some truly innovative ideas and then just some rehashed innovation ideas around lakes and how to develop a product that that serves value to its constituents whatever that will look like is your guess is nearly as good as a good as ours considering we're just (laughs) no it's (laughs) the convention but um uh yeah it's a fascinating time moving on to like a third a third point that we can draw out here joey what what came off the top of your head well i just think the the, the use case and the kind of the practicality of it is very um, 
singular at the moment. So like I think a lot of people will have the same type of question, but there's no there's no utility in solving it. And what I mean by that is Microsoft, when they built Excel, they built a program that they were able to put in an office suite that for over, well, over a decade, if not 20 years, was the only way you could actually really do computational kind of spreadsheeting, etc. Whereas in this case, I really struggle to see who's going to build that product layer that actually locks all of this in to be able to actually create that. And that so that the, the actual economic value of getting this right, I'm not sure what that is. It feels more like a programming language than it does kind of a, a true kind of breakthrough or like a, a, a tool. So that was just something I was think, thinking about while we were there. I was like, all of these ideas, they were really, really good. And kind of the way people are actually talking about it is great. But where's the economic value actually going to come in all of this? Because how long is you going to be able to sustain a competitive advantage? So, you know, like Excel to this day is still, you know, you can use numbers, you can use Google Sheets, but it's got nowhere near the level of functionality that Excel does. So are we going to see that type of um, stratification? But who's going to be able to build Excel for then Google to come along and kind of create sheets and for Apple to create numbers, right? That's the, what's the incentive to do that? Well, it's like a really good language model. It could be quantum computing and then it could be to be able to make that cheap is probably where it's coming from. Yeah. Like who, who can do that? Who has capacity to do that? Yeah. Like that's the real pain points right now. It's expensive. It's so expensive it's to expensive. run the cloud queries and it's so slow. Yeah, yeah. but it's going to be seamless and that's the value we saw today with live demonstrations. It took a long time. And yep. for those products to really kick and actually, as you say, get economic value, it's going to take a lot better seamless compute power to get But directionally, there. where do you think that takes you? Do you think that takes you to needing to have your own... Because this is, this is the thing about the internet. Like, yeah. You could argue that this is going to end up even more walled garden than where we are today because of the processing power it requires indexes towards yeah, but speed. But that's what I think. That's, that's what I that's think what the think value is going to happen is someone's yeah, going to sell speed, speed and process. Speed it's going to be like the new internet in a weird way. So like, like broadband. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Makes and it's like sense. a new telecommunications. Yep. That um, makes a lot someone's going to own the supercomputer and then lease it out. And then it's going to be like what happens now is <laughs> no one buys like prepaid for the mobile like to call someone. I was thinking about this the other day. That's how mobile entered. It was like by a minutes. And it was like, these minutes are so expensive. And right now, no one really looks at their minutes on the bill. It's data. Yeah. And soon it's going to be some other name. It's not going to be AI, but it's going to be some other name in terms of processing power to be able to help you with To compute. do these queries. Yeah. To run these queries. To run yeah. your operation. Because yeah. like we're saying here, and what the value is for individuals, not those huge conglomerate necessarily base layer like that infrastructure is there's new product to be made and there's value to be created and then the servicing power is that infrastructure layer mm, and that infrastructure layer is yeah. is power to compute that makes a lot of sense of why microsoft invested as much as they did yeah yeah they've put a lot of cash no but it makes sense like yeah, if you're going to try to build a super powered processing plant i.e kind of like a cloud-based processing thing that serves up queries quicker that that is something people will pay for that's utility 
Yeah. Yeah, and they'll have to pay a subscription monthly. And, if and I guess it, it would be the same if you built your own language model. You would have to pay, right? You'd have yeah. to pay to make that quick, which but is exactly is with no lag. And that's exactly. yeah. No, no, that's I actually hadn't thought about that. That's a really yeah. That's a really powerful point. Yeah, and you could see it demonstrated. People would pay. It's and very slow. A, wow. And if you paid a premium, you win. And that's just if you had a de- half decent idea at the moment, because it's smooth, it's quick. It feels like it when you interact with a language model like that. It feels like you're interacting with thought in your mind, and that's the that's the powerful thing. It yep. brings data alive with people and who haven't interacted with that. Because um, old mate tonight, like that was like you could tell like the classic kind of programmer in the room when they were having struggles getting the images to render. It's the classic hack for how you get around kind of you know the need to make things look fast that aren't fast is like well you just render it all at once, yeah. and then it just basically picks it all. So it's rendering in the background so that the user never sees the lag. Exactly. Right. Whereas with this, the it's lag like a is shift, apparent. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like it's here made fresh. <laughs> <Exactly>. Is it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like as in I made it today, but it was actually yeah we actually made this on yeah. the dish years ago. Made to order. Yeah, yeah. We just put it on a plate, and it's called made to yeah. order. No, yeah. that's that's cool because I mean that I think that starts. That's also how the internet started. Yeah, was and the real takeoff of like that. Bang H- on. HTML with, was the language that was yeah. over the top that indexed everything, allowed people to do things with it, and, and that was given away for nothing. But you couldn't build websites that actually were functional without actual speed and dial-up yeah, exactly. on the back end of your server. Yeah. And you couldn't serve up enough without having a big enough server. So um, on that point, who's going to arrive for Microsoft right now? Do we know? Like, in well, terms of being the next telco... That, but I guess the bet would be that if you get the user interface right and most people go to it, therefore you're going to be the one who wins because cloud computing is not a competitive advantage. No, but it's the supercomputer that sits behind that, that power that they have. They have one of, like, IMB, IBM. Yep. They have one that could have a crack. In terms, like, there's definitely country, country states that have them for different means. Um, and then you've also got the decentralized space. Like, is this a chance for them to really push hard on a, on a big growth opportunity for a utility uh, there's been some big deals between AWS Amazon could play in here yeah for sure there's it'll be a competitive space but um, but yeah. I guess the Trojan horse here is the is the language and the giveaway of the interface and the association with it right so yeah that's what's really interesting about yeah, that's good where point. this goes because then by nature that might you know the kind of the use of it across the server cases is it's even just by brand association it's powerful but the, the i was gonna say by like historical perspective microsoft always seemed to botch it like they have a great idea true but for some reason someone else always comes in and steals their thunder playstation yeah xbox was like yeah do you know what i mean they, but they but they made hotmail work for a while yeah hotmail, they, hotmail was big but then it got eaten by gmail <laughs> do you know what i mean like i still have my hotmail account yeah, everyone still has one but no one uses it <laughs> I do. Okay. Well, <laughs> but sorry. I'm old. That's I'm old. all right. I'm old. Hit Joe yeah. up on Joe Rogers. <laughs> yeah, JM underscore Rogers. Underscore legend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. The old person fallacy. I just fell straight, in, straight into my own hole. Yeah. You have a Hotmail account? Yeah. I still have one, but yeah. yeah. Definitely don't put that on your dating profile for those of you who are listening along at home. Yeah. No, it's endearing. 
<laughs> I like watching Granddad try to navigate the traffic lights or something. It's endearing, <laughs> it's endearing in that way. Yeah, I wasn't gonna give a definite like paint a full picture on it, but um, now that we sort of hit that level around AI infrastructure, that sort of feels like we're pulling a bit of a jigsaw together because we've last few conversations have been you and I trying to scratch this and feel yeah. like how this is going to play out, where the market's going to sit at a big level, like how the infrastructure, because we've both acknowledged in the room that it's lacking at the moment to be For able sure. to make it. We saw that today. Yeah, and it, I mean, you experienced that yourself. And yeah. That's part of the biggest issue with it is everyone talks about and like, that, oh, it's really, really great, but it actually isn't because it's not that fast. And that was internet. Like yeah. you used to have to plug in for... And wait. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're there and I feel like that's, that's a good one to leave with where we are and stay true to the promise that we said last week. And that was, all right, AI solved our problems. I just don't think if I'm being 100% honest, it's going to happen. I feel like what's even through this conversation, we realize that there's new industry built off the top that looks similar to the past, but it's just got a different functionality or a different utility yeah well but it's, it goes itself. back to the i think the first but, premise we've always spoken about is that it changes it'll do one thing if nothing else and it'll change the way that we interface with technology yeah so our interface is going to become much more prompt and question based rather than type and query and like that's the main thing to hang on to like if nothing else that is what this will do Right? It could do lots of other things. It can kind of make information more accessible for lots of different people, different ways to think about things, pose more unique questions, etc. But at the heart of it, it's going to free us from the tyranny of typing. Mm. That's what it's going to do. So it's directionally where technology has already gone, which is that it's becoming more and more voice, more and more prompt, more and more contextual to something. But the true issue is it's the data set that sits behind it because, you know, like you can... One of the great use cases could be, and we were discussing this a little bit tonight, is that imagine if all the smart data information coming off people's power um, use at home was free to the world to actually be able to look at and be able to actually query and kind of understand, you know, when it hurts 36 degrees in Adelaide, why do they use less power than when it hits 36 degrees in Melbourne, right? And you'd be able to figure out, it might be the appliances we use, it might be the kind of the, the use of AC or the lack of it or that we don't open enough windows, I have no idea. But you'd be able to find out things like that. But really, the questions we ask are always going to be as dumb as the data sitting on the other side of it, which has always been the issue. Always been the yeah, issue with data. Yeah, and that's why we have, like, the data scientist when we had him on, Dr. Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, pushing hard for open data. Open and data. open data helps solve big problems because we have siloed think, we have siloed data. These were, like, big government questions or public questions. That, like solve issues like what you're talking about and that's energy and that is consumption of energy building of infrastructure that consumes that energy 100 percent, and where we land but yeah the crazy the more and more i dive into this the more and more it just feels like we've just got a new spoke in the wheel or maybe a couple and everything's going through going to go through a moment of reinvention yep. to some degree so like it makes our tail end of this conversation around <laughs> having free time seem redundant because there's a lot of work to be done yeah but the thing the thing that it does again is it's freeing if you think about all the admin tasks that actually take up time 
like just typing, querying, kind of pulling together like a simple response to like one of the things that was kind of yelled at in jest tonight is like, oh, you can get it to get you out of parking tickets, which is not true, by the way. Um, but it's Take like that. But that that idea that kind of you can use it to compose a legal letter or you can say ChatGPT, please draft X. It will be able to do that. So there's a lot of, again, freeing people from the kind of the tyranny of being able to go tap, tap, tap to get through that task is that there is efficiency in that. And that might be for some people that might be 15 hours of their week. For other people, it might be 10 minutes. But the thing is, is that it's all still it is liberating people from something that is it's not human to sit stuck in a box tapping away this feels more human but i think what we're getting to here is that we're hitting on an evolutionary key but the thing in evolution and probably where we're going with this is like humans always find something to do with their time they do and like we'll find another element to to think about ponder find things there's gonna be areas to pursue but i suppose the the hard thing is the transition into that because there is going to be moments of areas of industry that will go into a, a, re, a rethinking around how they structure their work, how they structure their workload and, and who yeah. completes that and, and where that lands. And that will be really hard. It will. And I mean, I think that like the last, certainly last thought, thought for me is I think that's the whole kind of what the point of this will end up being is that, you know, it's, it's another pro- productivity unlock. If, not, if nothing else, the ability to sit there and kind of be able to pose a question rather than spend hours searching for the answer is very powerful, very, very powerful. Now, whether that answer that you search for is complete, arguably it's not, right? But the thing that can happen with this is that they're probably going to be, like on a fidelity sense, the same answer. So at a very, very minimum kind of case, all we've done is save ourselves the eight pages of Google you just looked through. And let's just say that takes you to half an hour every time you do it. Therefore, that's a half hour you have back. And that's, I think, what where the excitement of this comes. But then everyone kind of gets super excited about, oh, I'm going to do this with it. I'm going to do this with it, which is, but if you bucketed them, they're all about time saving for the most part, um, but the, or expression. Yeah, you hear that, the base for sure I feel like it's it's a new way of searching like that's where you're touching on there it's exactly. like a, a new way of interacting and a new way of being with technology to a degree yep. like we had the shovel and then we had a machine that shoveled and yep. it was like how do you interact with that what does that actually mean you had machines that finesse that you had machines that bulk that task there's an operation there the thing that's going to be interesting that plays out is like our relationship with it I think it's going to a new level at least it is in the public discourse like and it's exploring but yeah what and it feels like AI is definitely holding up a mirror to us like never before like Bitcoin or like blockchain didn't really hold up a mirror like AI is holding up a mirror and sort of showing humanity back in its reflection and that's going to be like in terms of a psychoanalysis point of view it's going to be a fascinating component and already is deep in the public discourse and narrative that's going to be interesting the way companies that are trying to create and solve problems and value uh, in terms of creating that value is going to be interesting how they play with that and how they bring people on board because there's like a lot of hesitation as how do you explain the use case how do you 
play on that like what is that where's that going to evolve that's what I'm fascinated with because even speaking to people in the room today there's, there's fear the excitement there's there's like just everyone's a cheeky teenager again even when we we're going through like the stories that there were like adults were talking about stupid adult stuff for for a kids for a kids program around like it was just so birth of the internet where you had all the power at your hands to like yeah. play with the story yeah yeah, but to me, like, just, just to wrap this one up and we can kind of keep going on this, like, to me, the missing part that a lot of people are not thinking about is that it's the unique data component of yeah. that. So, like, to come back to your shovel analogy, so a shovel can't tell you exactly how much pressure to apply to shovel, nor at the moment really can a natural tractor do that, you know, in terms of a natural kind of excavator. But actually kind of being able to set a, create a data set around actually the best way to dig in this soil, in these conditions, with this machine, that is going to be enabled by all of this. So yeah. if you are the operator... But it is being enabled like yeah, right I mean, now. It's, Driverless can, cars. But you can already see it in agriculture. Yeah. So like John Deere has literally stitched up the world's farmers who, you know, at least automated farmers. Um, because, you know, you, to be able to actually farm your land effectively using their machinery, you have to subscribe to their model. You can't touch the machine. Well, it goes but, out of warranty. Yeah, well, but you can't get worked. You can't, it's yeah. not like you can just open the thing up and do the work yourself. It's that you actually have to do it through them. And But the reason, what they've done, and I think, you know, people will look back on John Deere as actual real genuine pioneers in this space, is that they figured out very, very early that the power is in the data. The power was in the data. It had nothing to do with anything else. It's the fact that they were able to give you, if you plant today with this amount of rain, that plant at that frequency should grow fine based on your land conditions. And that's, I think, the opportunity for all of us. Mm. Well said. I think we leave on that note. Drop safe, Joe. Thank you, Pat. All right. Thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.